One, two, three, four. Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! Screen time! It's my screen time too! Hello, and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms try to come to terms with the fact that every television show and movie they loved as children will be rebooted endlessly and the charm of the originals will be utterly lost on their children. I'm Katie. (laughs) I'm Deborah. And I have uh, one son. He's two years old. His name is Jay. And I have a seven-year-old named Tony and two four-year-olds named Libby and Nate. They're pretty adorable, aren't they? They are pretty adorable. In fact, tonight they started playing, well, my daughter Libby started playing um, Duck Duck Grey Duck. Because, because we live in Minnesota with her stuffed animals in her room. Aww. It was so cute. Is that really a Minnesota thing? I thought, because it, it did filter a little bit to Wisconsin when I was growing up. Okay, upper Midwest then? Well, I don't need to claim it. We also played Duck, Duck, Goose. So we're equal opportunity duck, duck, duckers. Okay, so you don't have like a solid allegiance to one or the other. No, I really don't. I guess my heart is with Duck, Duck, Goose just because it feels right. Okay. (laughs) So how about how about Jay? Did he do anything super adorable? Uh, Well, it's been a semi adorable. (laughs) It's been a busy couple weeks. We had guests in town again for a whole week and uh, they came with their nine year old and their five year old. So it was like a whole different level of parenthood much more like your daily level of parenthood but it's just one that I am utterly unfamiliar with so it was an interesting experience but after they left we decided stupidly well maybe not stupidly I don't know we decided to take Jay to a drive-in movie because I had never been to one before and we thought it would be good for him because we could just like have a pile of blankets and he could pass out in the back of the truck and it would be fun did he fall asleep he did not shoot what movie did you see it was the wizard of oz it was a classic movie night so the original wizard of oz which is weirdly related to our topic today um but he spent the entirety of the movie trying like climbing up on the wheel wells of the truck and trying to pitch himself head first onto the gravel ground of the parking lot at the drive-in ah shoot yeah it was awesome and very relaxing and then the next morning I asked him if he remembered the name of the movie we saw the night before and he said yeah Star Wars So I know you made a big change in your screen time policy for the start of the school year. Do you have an update on how it's going after one week? Yeah, we did no screen time last week until Friday, and it was a long weekend. So they got screen time every day of the long weekend. And then it was fine. It went well. And then this week, no iPads, but I did have them watch my assigned podcast show. (laughs) One episode a day after school for the last three days, and that was fine, too. I mean, they're short episodes. Yeah, I'm really impressed. I thought there would be much more rebellion among the ranks. The first day was the worst because they had thought 
that I was just threatening them. Ooh. They didn't know that I really meant it. So oh, man. <laughs> when, it, when it was when my second grader came home from school and everybody realized I meant it about no screen time, there were some tears. But they came but to terms with it. Day. And that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Way to parent, Deborah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, there have been no changes to our screen time. Everything's pretty much the same. So maybe we should just move right on into our topic for today, which is... Lost. Sorry. <laughs> Lost in Oz. Lost in Oz, which is a new Amazon original show. Um, the full first season was just released in August, although the pilot has been available for a while. So I'm going to do a really brief summary since I assume... Most people listening to this have some base level of familiarity with the story of the Wizard of Oz. So let's just say that 12-year-old Dorothy Gale is transported to Oz when a magic journal in her house creates a tornado. With the help of her dog, Toto, and her friends, West, the witch, and Ojo, the munchkin, she tries to find a way back to Kansas. Brief and to the point, I think. <laughs> so why did we pick it? I remember reading at the time that the pilot was really well received. And the last Amazon show we watched was Creative Galaxy, if you remember. And we were very hard on it because it was very bad. So I wanted to Thumbs give them down. another chance. <laughs> yeah. We made a departure from our normal um, way of doing things. And instead of just picking three random episodes, since there were only, I believe, 12 or 13 in this first season, and since we went into it knowing that there would be a fair amount of serialization, we just went ahead and watched the first three episodes in a row. So season one, episode one, which was called Go Forth. Season one, episode two, which was called Dorothy Meets the Lion. And season one, episode three, Monkeys Fly. So why don't we start by quickly going through the episodes one by one. And then we will, as usual, move on to our more general thoughts. Sound good? Sounds great. There was a lot going on. So I will try to be as succinct as possible. <laughs> so episode one starts with Dorothy. And she is getting ready for school. She leaves her bathroom sink running. The water spills over and leads her to find a glowing interactive book beneath the floorboards in her hallway. So she opens the book and it instructs her to say, go forth. She does, and that unleashes a tornado that picks up her house, from which she calls her mom, middle of the eye of the storm. <laughs> and she calls her mom, who knows about the phrase go forth and then she in the book and she gives Dorothy instructions for what to do after she lands in Emerald City. Once Dorothy gets to Emerald City, she is trying to go home. And in order to do that, she needs to obtain magic from every element in the periodic table of magic. But there's been a magic crime spree in Emerald City. So everyone she encounters is really doubtful that she can complete her task because magic is just really hard to come by. And the magic element Ozonium is the hardest to obtain. Dorothy runs into a goth girl named West whose mom knows Dorothy's mom and was sent out to find Dorothy and reluctantly tries to help her. And a blue-haired munchkin giant <laughs> is the best way to describe him. His name is Ojo, and he explains the periodic table of magic. And then 
A bedraggled doll gives Dorothy a box of ozonium. Flying monkeys swoop into Gothrend West's bedroom window and they steal West and the ozonium. This is really getting long, but I'm not done yet. West is underground and meets this kid named Fitz, who is the office worker that Dorothy first encountered when she landed in Emerald City. And Fitz seems to be practicing some kind of dark magic. And then Dorothy and Ojo also end up underground, where Fitz turns West and Ojo into statues Dorothy makes him spill his magic, turning the statues back into people. And then the episode ends with Dorothy and Wes deciding that they need to look for Glinda the Good, who is a third person in this old photo of Dorothy's mom, Wes's mom, and Glinda. That was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Well, it's a pilot. There's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. So what did you think? On the whole, I liked it. There were some really cute nods to the original, although obviously the plot is only very loosely based on the original story. Um, But Toto the dog is still there. And uh, at the beginning, Dorothy puts on blue gingham shoes, which I thought Mm -hmm. was just a really cute nod to the old movie. And I love the fact that Ojo is a giant munchkin. I (laughs) thought it was adorable. Um, I liked that too. But some of the changes I immediately reacted poorly to, like when they first introduced West, who is clearly meant to be a descendant or something of the Wicked Witch of the West. And she is this like pointy chinned goth girl who just looks like a Bratz doll. I was immediately not a fan of that. And I worried for what they would be doing to the world of Oz. I worried that all the characters would be like, well, you know, it would be like that Disney movie, The Descendants, where like all the children of the villains are beautiful tweens. I kind of liked her. I thought she had a like a Daria-esque demeanor. She grew on me throughout the three episodes, but just yeah. at that initial moment when she was uh, introduced, I was really put off by her. The thing I loved from the beginning was the emphasis on Dorothy's mechanical knowledge and like engineering skills. The mm-hmm. way they introduced her, she had like this complicated Rube Goldberg machine set up in her room. Um, and it just gives her, I think, from the beginning, a greater sense of agency than mm-hmm. the original Oz story where Dorothy is just kind of passively trying to find someone to help her, which um, I liked as a setup. Mm-hmm. Well, what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was very fast paced and a lot going on. So for an adult watching a kid's show, it was definitely keeping me entertained. Probably the most interested I've been in since we watched Elena of Avalor. Mm-hmm. I, just because that was really detailed, complex plot also yeah, for a yeah. kid's show. I remember. I will be honest, though, there were two things that really preoccupied me much more than Dorothy's mission to find the magical elements and get back to Kansas. There's clearly some connection between Dorothy's mom and Wes's mom and Glinda the Good. So does this fit somewhere in the timeline of the original Wizard of Oz? Like, was the original Dorothy Gale this Dorothy's grandmother or great-grandmother? And does every generation of Gale women go to Oz? I mean, they imply that, like, 
Dorothy's mother spent a lot of time there. So does some just live there? So I got really into that and I wanted to know more about like Dorothy's genealogy. And I was like, oh, with the ozonium already. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. And then, okay, so there's Glinda the Good, the Wicked Witch of the West, who we assume is West's mom. And then we're missing the Wicked Witch of the East, who in the original movie, Dorothy's house kills. Oh, that's right. So is she just dead and didn't have any children? Probably. And doesn't doesn't Glinda have a sister? She must, because there must be two evil witches and two good witches. Right. My other question is, why isn't Dorothy phased by any of Oz? <laughs> like, she's totally freaked out when her house is picked up by a magic green tornado. But once she lands in Oz, she's pretty chill about the giant police officer made of bricks or the talking doll whose leg she rips off or pretty much everything that's going on. Nothing seems to phase her. Yeah, we watched the original movie Wizard of Oz earlier and I think at the beginning of the summer. So it was a couple months ago, but still pretty fresh. And when Lost in Oz's Dorothy lands in Emerald City, my seven-year-old was like, this is way different. Compared to the 1939 value of the Emerald City set, which is delightfully quaint. Oh, it's adorable. Having just watched it a few days ago, it I think it totally holds up. It was still a lot of fun to watch while I was trying to make sure my son didn't die. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to lie. My summary is a lot less detailed. So that's good. Mine was way too long. (laughs) Season one, episode two, the second episode, duh, uh, called Dorothy Meets the Lion. While trying to meet Glinda, Dorothy and her friends are tailed by an invisible lion who steals Dorothy's backpack with the magic journal inside while protecting the gang from the flying monkeys. The monkeys were sent by Fitz, the evil wizard, to hit them with water balloons of oblivion to make them forget Fitz's secret identity. So the gang tracks the lion to the night market, which is like a black market for magic, where they finally meet Ray, the lion. And he's obviously the story's take on the cowardly lion, a paranoid conspiracy theorist, which I love. So he claims that no one knows where Glinda is, and that's kind of where the episode leaves off. As a side note, I clearly typed out those notes, and I cannot write or type backpack correctly on the first time, the first try. I always write backpack or pack back, and I do it the same when I'm typing on a keyboard. Okay. (laughs) So what did you think of this episode? I loved The Lion. He was sort of a doc from Back Back to the Future kind of character. And he was even wearing a Marty McFly vest, which I thought (laughs) was appropriate. He had, like, nerd glasses, goggles. I loved him. He was adorable. I liked him. I also liked the – so there was, like, a dark matter portal frisbee that Fitz had. Uh Um, And it only works within Emerald City Limits, but it's just, like, this circle – And then in the middle, it's like this just looks like outer space. And they could just pop right into that and show up somewhere else in Emerald City. And it was awesome. It seems like it would be terrifying, but it also seemed like the trip was fairly instantaneous. So I think I could get over it. 
Yeah, I liked it. I got into the story. I was watching it with my kids, which is unusual for shows we watch for this podcast, but they were getting into it. So Mm -hmm. thumbs up. Awesome. Well, I don't really know that I have any other thoughts specific to episode two. Do you want to move on to episode three? Sure. So this episode begins with the lion kind of summarizing the crew's actions and making some conclusions. And so he thinks that Glinda is responsible for the magic crisis that's happening in Emerald City because she's been flying around Emerald City in her castle. So Dorothy has her crew, West, Ojo, and the lion, and Toto. They map all of Glinda all of the Glinda sightings and they try to figure out a pattern to her appearances. And eventually they use like, what are those? Is it called like a spirograph or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Dorothy goes back to her house, which is at the airport looking for her grandfather's surveying scope, but she ends up finding a spiroscope, but she realizes that she can use that They go through a lot to figure that out. But anyway, they figure that the Ferris wheel, which is not just an average Ferris wheel, it's like gears surrounding just one circle and they all move in sync. Um, So they figure out that that is the engine moving the town's plaza. And every time the plaza moves, Glinda's castle is revealed. So they have to get the Ferris wheel working. They use a bit of magic that West had stolen from like that underground place from the first episode. They get it working. They're able to see the castle. Dorothy and Toto, they have to ride the Ferris wheel to try and get higher up to get Glinda's attention. But then Fitz comes swooping in, (laughs) flying behind two flying monkeys, which he's controlling with his top hat. Toto snatches the top hat from him as he's flying by so he can't control the monkeys anymore. Dorothy and Toto fall off the Ferris wheel. They get the hat. They commandeer a flying monkey. They fly into Glinda's castle just as it's like disappearing by like blending into the sunset sky. And then they get in and Scarecrow is there. And then that's where the episode ends. And honestly, I wanted to keep watching the next episode because Amazon does like the tick 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 Mm -hmm. like 45 seconds till the next episode starts and I was like uh trying to decide if I was gonna turn it off because like my I told my kids we were just gonna watch one episode but deciding like oh am I gonna be lenient and just watch the next one because this is pretty good but we turned it off yeah they really ratcheted up the tension at the end of that one you're right it was it was a good hook it it really got you sucked in <laughs> and it used like my favorite device from ooh, like a crime type show like law and order or like homeland is the best outsized example like when carrie makes her whole home like she plasters on the walls like pictures and like lines connecting people and like maps and like I don't know that's one of my favorite things to watch in a show is like the detectives in their headquarters mapping out the the, the links and trying to solve a crime so See, you that's think of that doing. as a detective's tool and what I wrote down was the lion has a serial killer wall 
Well, oh, yeah, yeah. It could it could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I really loved the emphasis on Dorothy's engineering skills because she figured out how all the cogs underneath the Ferris wheel fit together to make it work, which I thought was really cool. It was very women and STEM positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody calls her, says what she's doing is genius, and she says, it's not genius, it's mechanical, and I'm pretty good with machines, which I thought was a great line. Yeah, that scene where she went to her house at the airport and was looking for her grandfather's surveyor scope and couldn't find it and just absentmindedly called for her mom and then realized that her mom wasn't there and started crying. Oh, it was gutting. It was really good. It was really sad, yeah. (laughs) For a city that's in the midst of a magic shortage, they seem to have a lot of magic, like the crystal balls, the dark matter portals. I would label all of that magic. Yeah, but the dark matter portals were in the night market, remember? Mm, Oh, so they were not like a legit something you pick up at Target kind of thing. And maybe it's like they can only get low-level magic. It's just like the really powerful stuff that's in shortage. I don't know. I I assume we'll find out because I'm I'm gonna keep watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so having having watched The Wizard of Oz recently, how did you think it compared, or I don't know, measured up? Like, do you? Th- Do you think that the world needs another Wizard of Oz type story? Reboot, if you will. I'm coming at this from a only somewhat informed perspective because I've obviously seen the original 1939 question mark movie. I'm not exactly sure when it came out, but I did not read any of the books as a kid. Um, So I don't know. Did you read the books? I did not read the books, but I loved the movie. I loved the soundtrack. I was a munchkin when I was an elementary school child Aww. in my town's high school production. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I, I like anything Wizard of Oz, except for did you ever see Return to Oz? I watched that so much as a child. You did? Yes. I've seen it so many times and it was, oh my gosh, so scary. So scary. Oh my God. The only time I watched the thing in entirety was I was at a sleepover at a friend's house who lived on a farm and it had to have been on TV because like nobody really had a VCR even Mm -hmm. in those days in my hometown so we must have watched it on tv we were young it should not have been on prime time and then as like a special treat her parents had set up the camper outside so we went out and slept in the camper like by they had three girls so it was like every girl got to have a friend over so there were like six of us in the camper outside and I was terrified the whole (laughs) night I don't think I slept at all yeah so scary the mirror scene and like the headless ladies Uh uh-huh the wheelers are the things that always got me oh Oh. god (laughs) (laughs) and yet like I said I've seen it so many times 
there's a chance I've even seen that more times than I've seen the original. Holy wow. Yeah, but it's not, I can't say that it's good. I think it was just circumstantial that I saw it so many times. <laughs> no, I don't, well, it would be worth a rewatch, but I, I don't think I can do it. I don't like scary stuff. Yeah, and I definitely would not watch it with any kids of any age. <laughs> no, no. That's something you watch in college at like 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. Under the influence of some things. Something, yeah. <laughs> so does the story need yet another reboot? I don't know how I feel about that. I guess... It's not really a reboot. It's like just using the world, but not even the same world. It's like a futuristic, updated version of the world. Um, so that's why I said I'd be really interested to know if they actually do at any point tie it back to the original story. Because they're really only borrowing very loosely, I think. Which I'm totally yeah, fine with. Yeah, just the main quest of getting home after having your house picked up by a tornado a little bit more recent than return to oz which had to have been made sometime in the mid 80s mid to late 80s um i have this memory of this mini series that came out in 2007 2008 maybe a little bit after that because i think it was shortly after we graduated from grad school um and it was starring zoe deschanel <laughs> and I remember seeing ads for it and being like, oh, this looks cool because she was really hot at the time. And uh, it was called Tin Man. And it was like, oh. a, I want to say steampunk, but not even really that. It was like a remake of The Wizard of Oz for the information age, question mark. Um. And I have zero memory of watching it. I think I didn't even make it through the first episode. It was so bad. And that's saying a lot because not only was Zoe Deschanel in it, but Alan Cumming was in it. And I really enjoy him. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds bizarre. And I, I like those two actors. Uh, well, you can try to seek it out on streaming. I cannot vouch for its quality. Um, but I think that was really maybe the nadir of, is that how you pronounce that word? That word? It sounds good. The dear Nader um, of Oz adaptations. Yeah, that's one I've only read. I don't think I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but you used it correctly. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think uh, one more reboot is too much? or? Nah, I like it. Yeah. I, I think it's just my love of Wizard of Oz. In general, I don't mind an, yet another derivation of it. Do you wish there were singing? Not after Creative Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, I realize that like they're totally different teams of people making these shows, but I think this one works without music. Yeah, agreed. How do you think the series does at translating the elements of the original to a new audience. I think my kids got it. Mm -hmm. Like they were looking for some of those main characters. 
I think that you don't necessarily have to have watched Wizard of Oz, the movie, or read the books, or be familiar with the original to enjoy this. I would agree with you there 100%, but it brings up a similar worry that I had about Teen Beach Movie. Remember how Mm -hmm. I said I hope that kids didn't watch that movie instead of watching all the great teen musicals that were made and clearly inspired it? What if kids watch this and think about this as like the definitive version of Oz? I would hate that. You know, (laughs) I just heard somebody say that, okay, you know how Johnny Cash covered um, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails? Uh Uh-huh. I just heard somebody say that they thought that was a Johnny Cash original song until like last week. And that is a shame. It's like how everyone thinks James Taylor James Taylor wrote You've Got a Friend. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Carol King wrote it, right? Yeah, we should just clarify. It was Carol King, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's the greatest. <laughs> she is. I would hate for someone to make that same mistake with this. Mm-hmm. Especially since now there are things about the original that could put off like a jaded modern kid viewing it. Well, and probably a kid who's seen Lost in Oz. If they watch the original movie, it's not flashy. It's not fast. Mm -hmm. Judy Garland, plain Dorothy, is a little whiny. And she has zero agency. She is not. She's just along for the ride until someone can tell her how to get home. Yeah. So I guess the ideal would be for everyone to experience the original first in book or movie form. And then a little bit later, start watching this and enjoy it on its own merits. Mm -hmm. If the world were perfect. I wondered also, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if this is a separate point, but like, I wondered how a younger audience would respond if they didn't have the knowledge of the original, like, would they like it or at all? Or is too much of it dependent on us making those connections? Like being like, oh, that's their version of the Cowardly Lion. Ha ha. Or, you know? Yeah, it might not be as enjoyable if you haven't seen the original. That's true. So it felt like it went, might have been one of the few products that was made a little bit more for the parents than the kids. Which mm-hmm. I liked. They were on our side for once. yeah totally I'm really glad that we watched three in a row and didn't jump around because I want to watch all of it (laughs) yeah for sure this is if we watch another serialized show like this I think we've got to to do it really do it justice we have to watch three in a row to get the story yeah we learned our lesson with Nutraventures in more ways than one (laughs) Do you have any thoughts about the animation style? I liked it. I also, much as I appreciate a serial killer wall, (laughs) I like futuristic cities in film. I always have because, like, we grew up in an era where kids watched the Jetsons, I think, Mm -hmm. is where that comes from. And so I always love seeing, like, flying cars, gravity-defying architecture, that kind of thing. But watching this show made me realize that that is just fiction like I think all my life I've been thinking that we are headed towards Jetson's type future and like we are not headed toward that future yeah our future urban landscape is gonna look like children of men 
starring Clive Owen. Oh. <laughs> it's bleak. Yeah. Katie. Things took a turn there. So I, I this is good escapism. Could you think of any adult movie or show this compares to? I came up with a grim. Oh. Remember that fairy tale show? Oh my gosh, I binged that show so hard when Jay was first born. <laughs> Oh, did you? Yeah. That's mostly what I came up with because it's like Fairy the original elements. version. And yeah. What did you come up with? I was stuck on the uh, I'm stuck somewhere and I have to get home elements. Oh, So yeah. it made me think of the television series Life on Mars, which uh, was a British show. I've only seen the first season. I think there may have only been two. And it was about a modern day cop that was magically transported back to the 70s and it had a lot to do with like how policing has changed and like him getting used to like operating in a world with like less of a rule book and Mm -hmm. also trying to get home I don't know it was a lot of fun do you do any casting of the gritty HBO reboot okay (laughs) okay so I've got Mindy Kaling as Dorothy okay Haley Joel Osment as Ocho. <laughs> Do you know what he looks like now? Yeah. I think he'd be perfect. Well, he, in fairness, he doesn't look like a giant munchkin. He just, it's because we're all carrying the image of him as a child in our heads <laughs> while we're looking at him as an adult. <laughs> it's so jarring. Yeah. <laughs> And he's still a pretty good actor. Yeah, I've but... liked the few comedic things I've seen him in. Yeah. Oh, and Christina Ricci is West. Okay, yes, appropriately gothy. Yeah. Um, and then I have John Cho as Fitz. Because he usually plays, like, a straightforward, like, sincere leading guy. But I would like to see him in a evil role. Yeah, and plus I think he could really pull off that bowler hat that controls the monkeys. Completely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I think that it lends itself really nicely to an H- a gritty HBO reboot. And again, this speaks to the parent-friendliness of the show. I can easily imagine it being a darker crime show about like a syndicate that controls the city and all the magic. But I, I think that would be a really easy switch. Um, Mm -hmm. was it better when we were kids? No, (laughs) no, because that all we had was Return to Oz. (laughs) I have not, I haven't been able to sleep in a camper since 1988. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the wheelers, they were just so terrifying. Listeners, if you seek out this movie, just be prepared even as an adult to be very scared yeah it's 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 as creepy in my opinion as um the red rum movie the stephen the shining the shining yeah (laughs) i can almost get behind you on that so i think i already know the answer but would you ever watch this alone voluntarily i think i would yeah same yeah (laughs) 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids. I think for not so much the preschool set, but like early elementary. Yeah. I think they'd like it. But only if they've seen the original first. Um, Ratings? I give it a 4.5. I really enjoyed it, obviously. I would say four stars. Yeah. 
you save your fives for classics like Mary Ellen 1955. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on Facebook to continue the conversation at facebook.com slash myscreentime2, T-O-O. And that's also where you can see what we're covering in our upcoming episode. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or general comments at at myscreentime2. And you can email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me, Deborah, and my adorable kids. So tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Screen time.